what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. December 27th, 2019, episode 111. The day after Christmas, man. How was your Christmas? Man, it was good. I, I got to spend time with family and friends, and uh, my girlfriend had a good time, and I just can't believe it's the end of the 2019 year already. It's almost 2020. Last episode of uh, 2019, man. We got to make it a good one. Go out with a bang, you know? Absolutely. How was your Christmas? Didn't get to go up up to North Carolina to see the family this year, but had some nice relaxing days at home, and uh, I got a drone. What are you going to do with that? I'm going to fly it and shoot some videos. Do you have to have a pilot's license to fly that thing? I don't think so. It's uh, it's just under 250 grams. They designed it. It's the Mavic Mini, so it's like the size of an iPhone. It's crazy. Um, it's a great intro to drones, so I'm excited about trying to, to learn how to do that thing, and hopefully I don't crash it into a lake or something. Well, I can't wait to see what you do with it. I know you shot me a little sample video flying around the street signs and stuff like that. Yeah. And the quality was just amazing. Yeah. It's like I'm like a little kid that just got a remote control race car out after Christmas playing around around the neighborhood the past couple of days. It's been fun, though. I saw you got a nice little off-the-groove koozie. I'm a little jealous. My daughter made that actually off of Shutterfly using our logo, and man, I love it. Might have to try to figure out a way to put those in a store of some sort. Because I had a couple people hit me and be like, where can I buy one? I'd be like, I don't know. You have to talk to Scotty's daughter. We should start making some. Maybe selling them on the on our on our website that might be coming up pretty soon. Website that might be coming up soon. Hint, hint. It, if you stop playing around with Corey and his podcast. I mean, you got, you're got you so busy now. I don't think you have time for a website. You're a little butthurt that I've been uh, working on another podcast. I, Wait, you're cheating on me. I'm not you're che- cheating on me. I'm not. Ch- I'm not cheating on you. I thought we were in an open relation, open working relationship. I didn't Man, know that we I were. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's it's about flat track. It's with two <laughs> racers. I'm a former racer, so I think. Are you trying to step up in the world, or what are you doing to me? Ah, uh, dude, stop it, stop it. Uh, Corey asked, and it's been fun, man. I've been hanging out at, uh, on the Skypees with them, doing a doing another podcast. They uh, they're two episodes in. The first episode was just like a pilot on their cell phone to see if, you know, if we could actually get a couple flat trackers together and make some content. But uh, that went well enough to where they wanted to do a second one. So Jake actually got a nice solid solid mic. Threw threw back a few beers on episode two and. Uh, had some good conversations with Mike Hacker. You should check that one out if you haven't. Have you listened to any of them? I, I, I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. So I heard it was powered by Sam Adam. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> land Sharks. Powered by Land Sharks. Oh, Land Sharks. So they need to hit Land Shark up for a sponsorship. Uh, they, if they don't, they're they're definitely missing the boat. Just like we need to hit up Dr. Pepper, you know? I mean, same <laughs> I mean, thing. Sure. 23 flavors. So let's get into this week, man, because there's a few things going on even this week. As we said, it's the last episode of 2019. We always got to mention Fast and Left News when we see it. Uh, there's They're selling digital copies now. So I think you just do it through their... Instagram or through their Facebook, you can find the link. And I think it's only $10. You can buy a digital copy or rent uh, rent the movie for $3.99. So go check it out. Um, go support Evan and his badass movie. And, uh, you know, I was going to get that in when I can. That's pretty cool. I, I like that idea. I mean, some people don't have DVD players anymore. It's just the, the, the state of life that we're in. I mean, my computer, I can't even put a disc in my computer, my Mac. Nope. Yeah. So I feel I feel you. So I think it's cool that you can rent it or buy it that way. You can watch it right there on your phone. Pretty cool stuff. Um, one of the things Texter and Jake mentioned on episode two, have you heard anything about Brandon Robinson? They said something about him going to, to roof systems. Have you heard this rumor? 
I, I, the rumor I heard is he was going to be riding the production twins class. So I don't know. I, yeah. I know he's packed up. He's moved to Florida, bought a house down there. Yeah. Uh, haven't heard much from him. Maybe, maybe we should check in on him in the new year. Well, he rode the 580 with Corey and said that they're tight. Maybe, maybe he knows something we don't, or he's hearing rumors that we haven't heard. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be interesting to see what he does in 2020, winning a couple races last year. Yeah, he won Atlanta and he won the Paris Half Mile on the Indian early in the 2019 season. Uh, another interesting thing I saw on uh, social media was Jesse Janish posted in his stories on Instagram that he's not racing AFT in 2020. He says he's racing off-road in 2020. I don't know how well, you can make any money doing that. I thought it was a joke at first. Because I didn't even know, like, I don't, I don't know what off-road is. Like, and I was actually talking to him. Like, I don't even, is it a series at AMA sanctioned? I don't know what's down there in Texas. I know I rode some off-road stuff. It was, cro- it was called Cross Country up here. I think it's the T- TCCRA, Texas Cross Country Racing Association. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, there is a pro class. I don't know what it pays. Maybe there's contingency money up for grabs. Um, I know he's been working for roof systems on the roofs and stuff like yeah. that. So maybe he's got a career change, a different path in mind. I don't know. I saw he posted a couple of videos of him going through the woods, and it looked kind of cool. Like... Uh... Like almost enduro type of type of racing, so that looks like, kind of cool. I told him if he was heading to that series, it's gonna make me want to go check it out because I always like watching that guy race. Super bummed he's not gonna be back on flat track, but I'll believe it when I see it. And he's not racing in uh, in Daytona because, I mean, it's gonna give people like Henry Wiles a, l- a little better chance on those TTs, you know, if if, he, if he's not having to battle somebody like Jesse Janish. Yeah, Janish won the first three TTs in the singles class, and you know, a guy that can win. Anytime he puts his leg over a bike, he's you know he's honest with you. He'll say he struggles on the miles and stuff like that, and I don't believe that. I mean, it's just his best tracks out there are TTs, and that's why he's good at you know the cross countries, the enduros, and he's good at moto also because he does, he likes to jump. So that that goes back and forth from TT racing to what he's doing now. Yeah, speaking of Daytona, we are 77 days away from the Daytona TT. Um, so maybe we, we'll hear some things from uh, AFT about that track soon and, and updates there. I mean, it's been kind of uh, quiet on the AFT front. I mean, it, you have to unplug around the holidays, so I don't blame them. It, it's probably the best time to unplug if you're going to do it. But um, haven't heard any press releases from them, but that's that's going to change once we get uh, into the new year, I'm sure. Absolutely. And you know I'm a numbers guy, so I'm going to throw this out there. With the 77, the last guy that had the 77 was Kyle Johnson, who raced from Michigan. And before that was Scott Stump, who I used to race against. And before that, it was Peter Hook from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And my dad used to race against him. Right off the top of the dome piece. Bam! Uh, All right, so have you seen these posts uh, about this flat track news? I did see it on Instagram, and they followed me first, and I followed them back. Uh, they, they sent me a nice little message. I sent a message back. You actually reached out to them also, and what did you find out? Well, I was just, like, super curious. Like, who are they? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? All those questions. Um, I got a few details. It's a guy named Pete Ryan, who I don't know. You said you, you're you not familiar with this, this guy, um, but he's running it. I think the goal is to create a site uh, with one comprehensive list of all the current U.S. tracks and their uh, schedules, you know, in hopes of making the sport more accessible to newcomers. So uh, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see how that pans out and what that becomes. It's, it's a cool idea. I like it. They're going to start this website on January the 1st. It's going to have a full track directory, all available schedules, and photo galleries from events. So it's a pretty cool spot. It kind of sounds like what the Flat Track Forum used to be back in the day. Yeah. And I think the sport has been needing something like that. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. It sounds kind of interesting. I mean, it, to me, it sounds like it's going to be a lot to update. But I think he's thinking, you know, as the season progresses, um, he's going to be taking photo and race report submissions from the tracks themselves 
um, all around the country. So it'll be a lot to maintain, but if he can pull it off, I think it's going to be a super cool website and a, a lot of uh, information for flat track fans and, like he says, newcomers. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, the more we can get our sport out there, the better off it is. The biggest news that I don't, we didn't talk about the, the Carver and Monaco stuff last week, did we? No, I think it came out like right after we pushed our you know our podcast came out a day late no it didn't week, so we had to, what yeah it did oh, it, was, it was on the international time zone i forgot it came <laughs> out on time we had all the international guys on there so it did come out on saturday and then i think shortly after that is when we heard that jeffrey carver and james monaco are teaming up and with the assistance of brian bigelow to be the crew chief for the, the mechanic however you want to see it uh, that's going to be a pretty lethal combination. It's another super twins rider that doesn't have a locked in deal for, for 2020. And, and, but you know, I, I couldn't see Carver. I, I'm stoked that Carver's actually going the wild card route and, uh, to team up with Monaco. I don't know much about Bigelow, but he's pretty solid, right? Like he knows what he's doing. Bigelow was a, a heck of a racer in his own right. And then he's been mechanicing for Henry Wiles lately. And Henry Wiles, we saw went with Richie Morris racing. They already have their own mechanics. Uh, so, you know, Bigelow had to go somewhere if he wanted to stay involved in the sport. I think this is a perfect match for him. And you mentioned going the wild card route. If people weren't quite listening, what that means is they're not going to buy the Super Twins deal, the license and pay to guarantee your spot in every main event. They're going to try to race their way in to every main event. And, you know, I think Carver's got the talent to do that. He absolutely does. And, you know, you couldn't have a better right-hand man with Monaco. And uh, from what, what you're saying, Bigelow is going to be pretty solid uh Pretty, pretty solid spin in the wrenches for him. So uh, this is going to be this is going to be the legit privateer team that everybody's pulling for right in 2020. And we'll definitely have Carver on to talk about it. Hell, we might even want to call up Bigelow. We haven't had him on and talk to him at all, um, and kind of get his two cents on what they're doing for the season. I think it's going to be a great storyline to follow throughout the whole year. As a matter of fact, and I just say it's been a while since we talked to Monaco. Why don't we just talk to him this episode? Yeah, I think we should. I'd like to know how this deal came together and what makes him want to stay in the sport. You know, I mean, let's let's get it straight from his mouth. Yeah, he's uh he's also got some new cool stuff going on. I think for the for New Year's Eve, he's got some party going on that he was I saw today on a social getting ready for. So, um, let's put in a call to him. See what's going on with James Monaco. Jimmy Speed. JMO. Front row Monaco. Hey, what's going on? Is this Front Row Monaco? Yes, it is. Scotty Duber, what's going on? <laughs> hey, man. It's so good to hear your voice. How are you doing? I've been all right. I've been all right each day. It's been getting uh, getting a little better each day, getting around better each day, and um, just trying to make the best of it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to you since uh, that day up in Minnesota, and I don't know if you want to dig into that crash very much or what happened afterwards, but uh, we all know that you are paralyzed right now and you're still on the road to recovery and all that stuff. Is there anything about Minnesota you'd like to talk about or your recovery process afterwards? Well, yeah, to be honest, I don't I don't really remember a lot of the crash. It, it happened so quick. I remember uh, I remember kind of taking off, and I remember I was riding a little bit higher than. Uh, the couple guys in front of me and it uh, it all happened really really fast and you know next thing you know I'm laying on my back in the ambulance going down the highway looking at the looking at the street lights realizing shit man I can't I can't feel my legs like this this is not good I'm I'm done like unless this is a hell of a shocker like I, I was thinking like I don't know if this is something like some sort of football thing like a stinger or whatever they call it um, I was right. praying obviously that's what was going on or I I was praying that man I hope I just Hopefully this is what it feels like to break the crap out of your back, you know. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. 
And then I, you know, as I lay there, time goes on, and now we're here the next day. But I kind of had a feeling that, you know, if they hadn't came to me by now, I figured it was pretty bad, pretty much. So, um, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it happens fast. All I can say. Yeah. So, what happens afterwards? I know you you were rushed into surgery pretty early, and then you went to Rochester uh, for some recovery right. and some more surgery, right? Right, right. So I I had surgery right away, and uh, I'm T4. So I'm basically below the nipple line is where I lose feeling. So it was a pretty lengthy surgery, and they uh, they staple you all up, and then pretty much now you get to, you kind of hang out for a little bit, then immediately you start doing kind of some physical therapy stuff. They work on getting you up and holding yourself up and your balance and this and that, and um, it's a really long process. I mean, you, you're going from basically you're totally learning to live again from every aspect. Everything is all brand new, and you got you basically you got to deal with it. So you got to learn to handle it the best you can. And it's, it's for sure difficult, especially to go from being a, you know, 24 year old independent guy that is running all around the country, uh, getting to do what he loves to just immediately like, you know, you're a baby again. And it so sucks because you've got no independence. Yeah. So are, are, you know, after you made your journey home, are you still doing recovery in California as well? I mean, is that still going on day by day or is it yeah, weekly or what, what's happening now? I have uh, a weekly visit uh, to some physical therapy uh, people out in Santa Clara that are spinal cord specialists. I'm working on um, getting some physical therapy a little closer to home. Just because, I mean, Santa Clara, for me, it, it's a, it's an hour and a half drive, but then you, know, you throw oh, traffic wow. in. You throw up an area of traffic in coming home. It's It makes a six-hour, seven-hour drive for sure. Man, um, man. Including going there and coming back, it's just the, tra- the traffic so so to get to get somewhere that's a little bit closer to home um, is my game plan right now, and uh, that's that's that as far as physical therapy. I I feel like I do more day to day life stuff than uh, than any physical therapy I've had. I mean I'm up and out every day. Um, I taught myself to drive a little while back, so I've been I've been doing all sorts of stuff. Probably way more sooner than any doctor can imagine, but um, or, or would recommend. I, I don't even to be truthful. I don't tell my doctor that that I'm driving or anything like that. Um, but, we, you know, it's, it's good for my mental health. We, we won't tell him either, okay? <laughs> oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. That <laughs> <laughs> they're not listening. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's crazy. But it's good for my mental health to be, you know, driving a vehicle, doing day-to-day stuff, being out, being in the public. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to deal with and, and understand. Um, it's a lot to take in. And each day it's, it's, it's a whole new battle. But, um yeah, it's good for me to be out and, and getting around. I think for me to just stay cooped up in a house, it does you know it does nothing for me. Have you talked to Brad Baker or even Dominic Calendras, two other riders that have been paralyzed recently, and and have you all spoken to each other? I don't I don't know if if there's you know things they can help you with or you know Brad was telling me how he learned how to drive again and got the hand controls off of eBay and all that fun stuff. I just I just didn't know. I mean I know you guys were friends, but have you spoken to him about th- some of these kind of things? Yeah, I actually haven't spoke to Dom really at all, but I have spoke with Brad quite a bit. He's he's helped me uh, through a lot of it, especially, you know, just like the driving deals and the hand controls. He told me where to get in. Little stuff, you know, I'll have issues like, hey, man, you know, have you ever had problems with this stuff? And it's, you know, all health stuff and pooping and peeing stuff and weird little things, you know, that are kind of all a part of the injury. So Brad's been a ton of help and insight. Uh, I mean, he actually came and visited me right after I got out of surgery. And then he also saw me again when I was in Mayo Clinic 
um, at rehab, kind of learning to live again. So he's definitely been a, a big, a big supporter and a big helper, and just you know lending lending a shoulder to cry on for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and also the the flat track family's been behind you, and and not only you, but the other riders that got hurt. You know, about four of you got hurt all around the same time. And and the one I'd like to really talk about is Alicia Lewis and the painting she did for you. She put it on eBay. I bought a print. I know Carter bought a print, and I think there were sixty-eight total prints, you know, made. And she said she never, she never even met you, but she had this feeling that she needed to do this for you. And she put that painting on eBay, and it went for over three thousand dollars. And I just think that is awesome. What you know, what happened, and how the flat track community's reached out and and is kind of supporting you guys and and what's going on with your recovery. Yeah, I know she she totally didn't have to do that, and that that was so awesome. Um, her and Johnny are great people, and I, I appreciate her going out on a whim like that and and doing that whole deal, and her coming out and delivering it and uh, and, and bringing the prints out for me to sign them and stuff like that. And we got to hang out for a few days out in California and kind of you know show her around like where I live and the almond ranch and all that cool stuff. So it was a it was a really pleasurable experience for sure, and. Uh, it was neat. It was neat. It was really humbling, to be honest. So it was cool. And then I heard your aunt was the high bidder, and she gave that to you. Is she that was. is that how it all went she, down? Yeah, she she was, and I've got the I've got the painting hanging up in my buddy Canyon's house just because I'm not really sure where else I'm supposed to put it, but it looks pretty badass hanging there. So it's cool. I mean, it's it's a wonderful piece and uh, very special for all that to happen. You know how it did. Yeah, I just got my print framed. I mean, it was gone for about two weeks, and Hobby Lobby did a wonderful job, and it's it's probably my second best, maybe my favorite painting. I've got a Scott Jacobs painting of of Parker, Joe Kopp, and Steve Beattie right beside my, my easy chair, and I'm thinking about taking that one down and putting yours up right beside my chair. So I just love it. I think she did a wonderful job, man. Oh, no, she did such an awesome job, and the attention to detail. I mean, like, when you, if you have a chance to ever see the painting, like, in person, it's like, holy crap, like, every little detail she's got. So it's super awesome. I, I love it. So I've seen recently on social media you've been driving a go-kart around, and, man, that looks like a lot of fun. So had you had you been in a go-kart before your injury? And, and if so, uh, what made you want to get in, in a go-kart again? Um, yes, yeah, so that's like another thing. I'm probably not supposed to definitely be in a go-kart after only being, I, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. I should probably not be doing that, but it's one of those things where, you know, three, four days after I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm paralyzed and this is how my life is. And after surgery and all that, I'm already looking at pain controls and, and then figuring out, okay, well, what's, what's next. I mean, I got to do something. And I was into, uh, I was into go-kart stuff before, um, a little bit, but never really serious. Uh, I did some backyard dirt cart stuff just, just for fun, um, for, but you know, just with buddies and did it in the winter time in the off season, but I'd never done any pavement stuff. I mean, it was something that I thought of, but I mean, I was able to, uh, race motorcycles. So I figured, I mean, it was just the coolest thing ever racing. So I never really had time to do any, any serious cart stuff. Um, but I've got a good buddy, uh, Mike DeRosier, who kind of has had me lined up um with some pretty cool pavement cart stuff and i've been getting out weekly uh up to sonoma to the cart track there and spending a couple of hours i mean I've, I've i've got some pretty good time and now with the hand controls and it's very difficult it's super hard because you can't really drive the cart through the seat of your pants you know you can't really feel the chassis slide um there's a lot of new things that i'm learning that's it's super difficult but i love it and it's a good challenge and it keeps me 
motivated through the week, you know, have something to look forward to kind of like going racing or going riding. So, um, it, it looked like to me, I only seen a couple of videos, one with you and Jeffrey Carver out there. And we'll talk about Jeffrey here in just a few minutes, but on the go-kart, are you using the, 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 the shifter cart? Like does that add 125 CC motorcycle engine in it? So what it is, it's, it's a lot like, a a KT 100, but it's a rock 100 spec class. Everyone's on the same motor, hundred CC air cooled, two stroke, uh, fully automatic. So I'm not shifting. It's, it's auto, um, spec class so we're all on the same tires and everything um so it'll be a really cool deal it's uh i think there's like eight rounds or so next year so my intentions are you know to to keep honing my skills and and be the best i can try to try to learn try to figure things out and then i'm going to do that series next year it's like an eight race series and like a finale in vegas or something like that so um just you know try to try to try something new and, and do something new keep my mind going um but it's a cool class, and you know the, the carts are pretty fast. I mean, you know, an inch off the ground going 35 mile an hour when you got no feeling in half your body, it feels pretty gnarly. You know, it's it's a, the, the adrenaline rush is kind of crazy. You know, even if it's just half of me out there riding around, you know. Absolutely, you can't take the uh, the race ride of Mr. Jimmy Speed for sure. So, in that series, is it all on pavement? I mean, and you go to different tracks, or is it all at the same track? Um, it's all pavement and it is at different tracks. I think we have a round up in Shasta and then quite a few at Sonoma. Um, but Sonoma's kind of like my home place. It's about an hour 45 for me, but it's a premier, premier spot to be able to go and drive. So, I mean, my plan obviously is to get in the dirt. Like, I mean, my whole, my whole plan is I'd, I'd love to have the opportunity to drive a midget or something like that. Um, just kind of figuring out how would I get out if the thing rolled and caught fire and stuff like that. So that's something to, to worry about after I keep honing my skills in and still going to do like some dirt cart stuff. Um, I'd like to travel like an outlaw cart. That's obviously kind of my next goal is getting something caged like that. That sits me up, sits me a little different than the pavement cart. So I'm open to just about any, anything you can strap me in. I'm pretty much game for moral of the story. So pretty much game to try just about everything. Man, I love it. I love that you're still wanting to go fast and, and have some fun out there. So you got a big event coming up here in a couple of days. I, I'm going to call it a big event because it looks like a lot of fun, but you got a big New Year's event. You kind of sounded like it starts out as a small event. Now it's grown into this little bit bigger event. Where is it going to be at here on New Year's Eve? It's going to be out at my place, and we're having just kind of a, a pit bike, open bar, good backyard fun deal. When I was a kid, we'd spend every New Year's up at Kenny Roberts, and as the years went on, uh, you know, he sold his ranch and whatnot. So we were like, well, man, we still want to, you know, light fireworks off and hoop and holler and drink beer and ride mini bikes and stuff. But what are we going to do? I said, well, I guess we can do it at my place. So we've just kind of transitioned and, and continued on the deal out at my place. And I rent lights and we got like a little bar saloon deal built out there. Thanks to a couple of buddies. So it's been getting bigger and better every year. And it's, it's just good fun just good backyard fun, mini bike riding and all that good stuff. You can't beat it. That's the kind of, I mean, we did that all the time when I was little. So it's just, we've never stopped, never grown out of that. Well, do you got an oval track? You got a motocross track? Or you got a little bit of both. I've got a really cool short track in my backyard and it's, it's really awesome. If you guys have, have been out there, uh, Jeffrey's ridden it quite a bit. Henry's been out, uh, Oliver, uh, had been out for a couple of days and ridden. I got a bunch of buddies that we all, you know, uh, inner bits and stuff. Uh, we all grew up riding out there. So it's a really sweet short track. 
we had it used to just be a little dogleg tt through the middle now and now we got skid steers out there and bobcats and we're moving stuff and we got a little full-blown pit bike yeah a little supercross tractor to center of it with berms and it's it's ridiculous i'm watching this i got dump trucks showing up and i'm out there telling dump trucks where to go in a freaking wheelchair it's awesome i love it <laughs> i do too so, man it's a hell of a way to hell of a way to go into the next decade i mean yeah i mean it's some things just i guess aren't changing you know all the craziness and madness so no it's good it's that's gonna be uh it'll be fun for new year's well you better post a lot of stories on social media because i i'm not gonna be able to make it out there obviously in a couple of days but uh yeah we want to we want to see what's going on so post all them stories on your social media okay i absolutely will absolutely all right well you mentioned carver had been out there riding your short track a little bit and i think it was before the fast and left premiere and i think you went back out there and it kind of seems like you guys made a deal and jeffrey carver's gonna be riding your indian is that correct yeah, well, this is kind of what we had going on. Me and him were sitting there, and we're talking back and forth, and he's kind of explaining to me his, his race endeavors and what he's wanting to do for next year. And I still want to be a part of it. And, I, I mean, I, I can't really do much, but, you know, he was kind of in needed some equipment. So I said, well, you know, I got to I gotta basically, you know, my bike and all my spares and whatnot. And it's, it's, a, it's a few of us. It's a, it's a group deal. Brian Bigelow is going to be a part of it. Cully Millage is going to be a part of it. Um, so it should be a cool thing. Um, it's going to be select rounds, and we're just—it's going to be a fun deal. We're going to focus on, you know, having fun and, and doing well. I think it's a good combination, though. I think we have some good people a part of it. Um, Brian's obviously a super awesome guy, very intelligent. Cully's a, a hell of a fabricator, and, and we know Jeffrey's a pilot. So I, I won't be able to do as much as I'd like to, but I'll definitely be a part of it still. And um, I think it's going to be good. It's a way for me to stay involved. It's a way for me to stay going to races and hanging out. And, my, you know, my brother still rides a singles class. So Dom will probably ride six, seven rounds next year for fun. So I'll still be, I'll still be at the races as much as I can. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, die hard every round. But I definitely want to go on the road in the summertime and you know, go to the races for a month and a half and just kind of hang out in the Midwest for a little bit. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Man, that is super cool. I'm excited to see you guys out there. And I think I read one post where you guys are going to try to be a wild card and try to race your way in. If you're not going to all the rounds, I guess that's what you have to do, right? Exactly. I'm going to have to kind of figure out that still. But, yes, he is going to be a wild card. Um, it's not looking like he's going to be doing the TTs. He's, uh, I believe he's a wild card pick for the remaining rounds, just no TTs. So no Peoria, no Daytona, no, uh, no chip. But he seems to be in for everything else, and I'm fine with that. So whatever he, whatever he wants to do, I'm, I'm down to be a part of it. And I'm just, I'm happy to be going back to the races and, and seeing everyone that uh, was always so great to me. So it's going to be cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see you again, too. I'm, I'm going to miss you definitely at uh, Daytona, but I totally get it. I uh, heard Jeffrey Carver is actually going to be up there at the Flat Out Friday that same weekend. So uh, he's going to probably do that on somebody else's 450, or he's probably got his own 450. I'm not sure what he's going to ride, but I plan on possibly going to Mamakan as well um, so far. So I would kind of – that event has always been super cool for me, um, and it's it's been super special. I love Milwaukee, so I really want to go to Mamakan and check that whole deal out again and uh, and see how – it's not going to be fun being in – freezing 10 degree weather outside uh milwaukee wisconsin in the wintertime in a wheelchair but um i'm down to try it i guess i want to go see my friends yeah. so yeah for sure well you've been known to hang around some hooligans so you should fit right in 
<laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. I think that that whole thing should be fun, and um, I'm, I'm excited for the race. I mean, it's not how I wanted it all to be, but um, I can't just hide. You know, I gotta I gotta be a part of it, and I gotta go and 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 still hang out and you know help in any way I can. So um, definitely want to be a part of it. Very cool. Let's talk about Brian Bigelow just a little bit. He's been helping Henry Wiles the last couple of seasons. He ended up second in the point standings, helping Henry in 2018. Uh, I think he's learned a lot about the Indians and, and how did you guys come across to even think about giving him a holler? Or did he get, call you guys? Um, well, me, Brian and Henry are good friends. Henry's been a great lifelong friend of mine. So I knew Brian uh, through Henry. I was, you know, I always watched Brian as a kid. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of a weird deal. Cully is really the one who approached me. He's like, man, I kind of want to go race next year. And I'm like, huh? Well, it's funny you say that because me and Jeffrey were talking about the same thing, actually. Um, so we kind of went back and forth and we're like, well, dude, I can't do much. And, and Kelly's like, well, you know, I, I can do fab stuff, this and that. And we're kind of just brainstorming here. And then we kind of talked to Brian a little bit and he, he showed interest that he uh, would kind of want to be a part of something that we, it's still in its infant stages and we're still working through things, but, you know, he, he wanted to be a part of it. So we're like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's see if he's serious about it. So we, got on a few group calls and you know everyone seemed to be to be down basically for the effort but um it's going to be tough because you know we'll, we'll, it'll be a tight budget um but we don't want it to be a super tight deal so it's going to be a ton of collaboration and and working together jeffrey's had to do some stuff that he probably hasn't had to do in the last few winters already just as far as driving from the west coast back to the midwest uh delivering bikes and stuff like that especially in these conditions so it's uh, there's going to be a lot of crap going on that might be a little bit difficult, but it could be could be all worth it in the end. And it's going to be a really fun effort filled with friends. Like that's what's going to be cool. It's no old guys that'll be disappointed if something's not fulfilled or whatever. It's going to be a young fun effort. So that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, I I think that's great because sometimes when you get in a situation, if you're riding for somebody and you know they're putting pressure on you, you lose the fun of riding a motorcycle, and that's why we all get into this game is for the fun and the thrill and going fast. But if somebody's pressuring you to do good or or telling you you're not doing good, you know it takes the fun away. Totally, totally, I agree with you. I mean, it's that's what we want to focus on. Just focus on having fun and take each race as it comes. I mean, that's that's all I can really say, and that's what I think Jeffrey feels like as well. So. Whatever, uh, I mean, whatever makes him best on race day. That's our, our focus is, is doing the races that he feels confident. Um, that's that's the main thing. And if, if it's a race that he doesn't feel confident, hey, man, it's not a big deal. I mean, so I think that would be, I think it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. Right on. So the way I look at it, you guys are pretty much the only true, uh, you know, privateer right now. I haven't heard anybody else that's said that, you know, outright that they're going for the wild card. So um, I think that you guys got as good a chance as anybody else does to put it in every main event that you guys attempt to go to, right? I mean, that's that's got to be the goal. But again, after having fun. Oh, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. And I mean, he's he's obviously uh, shown his his strength on the uh, on the miles, and uh, he can he can hang with him too on the half miles. So I think we have a good pilot. That's that's not our problem. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes. I'm curious to see what these new rules and everything. Um, it's, it's a lot for me to keep up with, but you know, I still love the sport. So I'm trying to kind of pay attention as much as possible, but it's a lot to, a lot to take in. Sometimes it's, it's kind of confusing and uh, I'm not really sure about the direction of the sport. It kind of a little, a little baffling at times, but um, got to keep supporting it. 
Exactly. So uh, one more thing before we move off there. Are you guys going to be running that big haul that you guys had at the, you know, the last couple of seasons and, you know, as your, your buddies coming along with you? The squad will remain. All of us are going to continue to keep doing it and we're going to keep having the truck. We're going to keep running the truck at some select rounds. I think we, I don't know, um, Jeffrey may have uh, a new truck as well uh, that he's going to be able to use. But the rig's going to be nice, I think, in the middle of the summer when we're traveling from race to race, have somewhere to stay with some AC in it and whatnot. So I've spoke with uh, spoke with Canyon, the truck owner, my good buddy, and uh, he seemed to be down for for quite a few races. So I think it'll all be all be really good, and everyone's down to chip in and help. So um, it's going to be a team effort, but we're up for it. Man, it sounds great to me. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And I've got a Graham's question because Graham wanted to know how you're doing, first of all. I think we've covered that already. But she also wanted to know um, if you're going to keep your swimming pool business. Well, it's funny you ask that. Um, it's It's been pretty difficult. I obviously haven't been out in the field. But I've been doing all the uh, all the paperwork and all the billing and all the computer work. And I found a pretty cool guy that's been able to to run the route two days a week. It used to take me three days a week to run it. So I've got a gentleman filling in now for two days a week, and my dad's been actually helping out a day a week. So Pacific Coast Pools lives on, and it's the official swimming pool cleaning company of Grand National Flat Track Racing, I think. Shoot. Right on, right on. Do you, before I let you go, do you guys have a team name yet? Have you figured that out, or or what are you guys going to call have, yourselves? We haven't. We don't really know what we're gonna. We don't know what we're gonna do. Twenty-two and twenty-three take on America. I guess I don't know. Right don't on. Know All right, gonna... I can dig that. Maybe maybe we can put our heads together. We can come up with something. We'll 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 shoot you we whatever we can come something. across. We need to do something absolutely. Well, before we let you go, you want to say thanks to anybody? I want to say thanks to everyone that's uh, that's. Gosh, I have had an overwhelming amount of fans and friends reach out to me and send me cards and checks and every little bit to help. Um, it's been so crazy and so humbling because I got to meet a lot of people, a lot of really awesome, cool people going motorcycle racing. And that's what I'm going to miss. I mean, I'm going to miss racing, but I'm going to miss all the, you know, the awesome people in the pits and the fans and everyone that came by and bought a t-shirt and supported uh, over my whole, you know, few years doing this deal since I was, you know, 16 turning pro up until 24. Now it's been a really wild journey and it's been super long and I didn't know how I was going to do any of it, but I kept pushing and kept trying. And, you know, anyone that let me crash on their couch or, or work out of their shop, uh, I appreciate it. And um, I've been working on reaching out back to every person uh, personally and, you know, telling them thanks that have, uh, that have helped me out since I've been injured. Um, but no, I just, I'm just thankful for everybody. I appreciate it. And uh, it's a tough thing that I'm going through, but with you guys' support, it's been it's been great. So I mean, I can't, I really can't complain. Right on. That's what our sport's all about: is you know, people supporting anybody that needs it. And uh, is there any, if if you need anything else, are there people that are still reaching out to you? Do you want them to contact you on social media if they need, you know, if they if they would like to donate or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, social media is always really cool. You can feel free to message me on you know Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. But I want to. I want to thank Tim Essenson for helping out with the purchase of uh, of a van for me. I want to thank the class of 79 for, for helping me out in this time of need. I want to thank uh, Jerry at Roof Systems uh, for taking care of me. Um, I just I want to thank you know so many people for reaching out and, and helping um, in this time of need for sure. It's It, it really shows you who your real friends are and, and who all you know is really your friend when you're going racing. So it's been it's been special. 
Right on, James. Well, I look forward to seeing you take on the go-kart world and and blow them guys away because uh, you can go faster than they can, that's for sure. And I look forward to seeing what you and Jeffrey Carver do uh, when you guys take on the world. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it, Scotty, and I'll, uh, I'll be seeing all you guys at the races real soon. Dude, I can't wait. Thanks, James. All righty. I hate to be cliche, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. You gotta sit. We saved the best for last. Monaco to wrap up the 2019 season, man. That's awesome. No better way to do it, man. I was stoked to, to see what they're doing for 2020 before we even talked to him. But after that conversation, man, like... I, I've already picked my Super Twins team for 2020. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of behind Fisher. and want to see what he does with his program. But every single race, I'm going to be pulling for those guys. I guarantee it. Let's make another bet. Whoa. So last week, you bet you'd shave your head if some... Oh, no, it was two weeks ago. If, what, Fisher didn't win? If, Is that if, what you said? If Fisher or? didn't get a win in the 2020 season, I'll shave okay. my head. All right. So now let's go a step further. If, uh, if Carver doesn't win in 2020, I'm going to shave my eyebrows. Woo! That's how confident I am that that dude's going to get a win in 2020. Dude. That's how confident I am, man. Dude, I love your confidence. And you know what? These guys love your confidence, too. I think that's just going to make Carver and Davis Fisher try even harder. Either that or they're just going to they're gonna chill back and just watch watch, and watch me uh, shave all my, all my hair off. Um, all right. So what are you doing for New Year's? I have no idea. I hate it. I hate it this in the middle of the week. I'm actually on the way to DeCoin, Illinois today yeah. for the indoors Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Steve Nace Racing, going to have a good time up there. New Year's right in the middle of the week. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no, no plans. Idea. Do you have any resolutions for the new year? Just get better looking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that's going to consist of. Maybe I need to go on a diet. Good luck. I know it's hard work being this good looking, Carter. I got nothing. Carter is speechless. That's that's tough to do. I'm usually, I usually got a, a comeback for just about everything. Yeah, I don't really have anything either. And I didn't realize it was in the middle of the week till you just said that. I don't have any plans for New Year's either. Popping bottles. I'll be popping Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Tastes like heaven. All right, so we, we agreed that the new year starts a new season, right? For us? For off the group, yes. So when we come back, it'll be episode one of season three. So what hopefully is going to happen is a lot of people's contracts are up December 31st, maybe just maybe early starting next week we'll start hearing some more press releases about who's going to ride what else and we'll try to figure out what else is left for 2020 77 days it'll be here before you know it a little over two months right on man that's a wrap for 2019 that's a wrap for 2019 season two comes to an end smash that like button tell all your friends to listen to off the groove we appreciate it all right dude have fun in the coin yes sir and i'll see you next year on skypees yither Keep it on four wheels, Carter. Everybody else, keep it on two. We'll talk to you next Friday, the first episode of season three of Off the Groove. Peace!
I'm going to be one hairless son of a bitch by the end of the year if they don't win. <laughs> yeah, the beard's going for his job. The hair's going if Fisher doesn't win, and the eyebrows are going if Carver doesn't win. Man, yeah. a year from now, we better have our cameras ready just in case. <laughs>